Hi guys, welcome to The Church Split, and today we're actually starting a brand new segment. This segment is going to be based on uh, movies, video games, shows, and maybe books. Um, basically, we'll be just reviewing things that I have enjoyed, and it's something I've noticed that is lacking in the Christian community, is the fact that we actually don't do a lot of reviews or discussion of media, because usually we're d discussing like apologetics, we're discussing uh, theology, things like that. But, you know, one of the things that really influences uh, the culture and the world we're around is media and pop culture in general. And so it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I have enjoyed since I was a child. So basically, I love stories, right? So I like good stories that are either TV shows, books, um, movies, whatever. Uh, growing up, I was a huge fan of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, things like that. Um, and as I've gotten older, there's a lot of other things I've enjoyed. And so what I kind of want to do is focus on just doing reviews on occasionally, which helps us, one, make more content for you. Two, maybe recommend stuff that you haven't heard of, or maybe you have heard of, but you'd like to hear a Christian perspective on. This is going to be as spoiler-free as possible. Uh, basically, this is just me wanting to give recommendations to people who are Christian who might find something useful. So today we are discussing none other than Midnight Mass, this show right here. This show is incredible, and I cannot recommend it highly enough to viewers. Now, granted, this is a mature show, so it has mature language, adult themes, so definitely not for children. But there's nothing better for your spooky season needs and being in October than to find a really good show that is also kind of creepy. However, this show shines best as a character-driven story, and that is one of the things I absolutely love about this show. So a couple of things is that this show, because we are a religious channel, I want to discuss religious themes, um, is very religious, hence midnight mass, because masses that were done at midnight at a Catholic church, right? So what you have in this show are various characters that are so well written, and I just can't praise it enough. So the first character I want to talk about is this guy named Riley Flynn right here. This guy, he absolutely, whoever the actor is, crushes it. So basically, this is a story of a man who apparently was an alcoholic or something. The show starts out strong by just showing this man after he gets in a horrible accident um, while drunk and a family is killed. And of course, he he cites the Lord's Prayer as a, as a Catholic. And the officer makes some sort of chide against him of like, basically, if you're going to pray, why does he take always take the children. Um, and so it's this blast uh, from the officer on this guy saying, why do you even believe if there's so much suffering and evil in the world? And it's one of those things that right off the bat, you're kind of shot in the heart a little bit. And that's kind of what the show deals with is that religious theme, the problem of evil and suffering. There's also the theme of indoctrination. So what you see is this guy, Riley Flynn, going to jail, then returning home. And that and where home is, is this island this, where only like 100, a little over 100 people live there now. And he returns home to his Catholic family. And really, that's kind of when the show starts kind of taking off. It sets this up. And what it essentially you find out is that essentially after experiencing evil and committing a tragedy, he found it easier to just let go of faith entirely and become an atheist. And so basically because of the 
the suffering in the world and the evil, he just feels like embracing meaninglessness is better. He said while he was in jail or prison, he was able to do study all the different religions and you know one of them has to be right, and he just figured out that hmm, none of them are true, so I'm just an atheist. And he actually, in a moment of weakness, uh, in that very first episode, breaks down in front of his old friend Aaron, who's a lady we'll talk about here in a minute, and he says, I have no purpose. And that is essentially what happens, right, when someone lets go of their faith. If they go, there is no God, um, and you just embrace meaninglessness, then essentially if there's no God, you're a space accident, so you don't have a purpose. You have nothing to strive for. It is just action, reaction, you live, you die, right? So there's no real meaning there besides whatever subjective meaning you create during your very meaningless life. So it's actually really, for me, it was a very raw thing that the film actually kind of encounters here. And he finds that it is easier, rather than to confront his guilt and confront the his sin, he finds it easier to embrace nihilism, you know, meaninglessness. And then you have the opposite character, which is his friend Aaron Green. Uh, they grew up together, and they show that they kind of had some storied history with each other. And Aaron Green apparently was like basically, as she said, a godless heathen. She um, she gets uh, apparently um, pregnant, um, and it sounds like she may have been married, but she got a divorce, right? And she's pregnant now, and now she is like a devout Catholic. She goes to Mass, and she has refound her faith. So you have one guy who, through suffering, leaves the faith, and a woman through suffering, joins the faith. And it just shows the fact that there are people are different and how we respond to suffering can really dictate the rest of our lives. And the, and also our moods, because she is actually, uh, she is so hopeful for this child. They show the ultrasounds, her loving her child. And that actually has some crazy things that happen in the plot. And actually, there is this really strong moment in the show that is very pro-life. So for you Christians out there who want to see Hollywood or Netflix accidentally give a pro-life message, this show does it um, in a very powerful way. And in a very, um, it's a way that it might hit you in the feels pretty hard. Uh, but it's, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it does have a very pro-life message to it. So we see her embracing meaning and him embracing meaninglessness. And through some events in the story, it kind of hints that she maybe, maybe not embraces his ideology or at least sympathizes with it. Um, but then she also shows, um, she doesn't really embrace it, I should say, she sympathizes with it, but she shares what's given her hope. So he's Mr., you know, it's just meaningless, and she's like, I have faith in something else. It gives me a hope that I didn't have, a meaning that I didn't have. And so you just see these two juxtapositions, and... Most of the time when shows deal with religious themes, they don't do it well. They typically they typically try to just paint the church as bad and people of faith as stupid and um and that, you know, unbelief is the best way to go. And that's not how this goes at all. It's actually it shows the tension between the two and realistically looks at them. And I really appreciated that. Um, then there's uh, Father Hill, who is the priest, and he is filling in with for Father Pruitt in this show. Father Pruitt's this older guy who got sick when he traveled, and then uh, Father Hill comes back in his stead, and you get this impression of a very loving, kind, 
like priest who's there to minister. He even says basically that uh, Jesus spent more time with those who are broken and hurting than he did those who are perfect. So he wants to help Riley Flynn basically rediscover his faith. And you're like, this is so... He's a, he gives all the warmth. But then you realize as time goes on, he's a bit more naive. And he might have something more sinister afoot. But basically because he was naive and he wanted to believe something. So he decided to shape reality to what he wanted to believe. And it ends up spelling disaster for everyone, which is exactly what happens in real life. People have this belief in their head, even religious beliefs, and they want it to be true so bad, they will force it onto reality and actually spells disaster for a bunch of people around them. That's how cults begin. And before I talk about cults, I do want to go back to the problem of evil and suffering. There's also this girl who's in a wheelchair in the show, and she never misses a mass. She's faithful to this church, and she is this sweet, loving, godly, like, little young, little girl, and you're just like, oh, you're just, she is everything that is innocent and good. And it's really interesting, because you see Riley Flynn, who has been through evil and suffering, you see him almost admire her faithfulness. But really, it just shows the fact that she, though in a wheelchair and has experienced suffering, can remain faithful and devout and finds that God is actually what gets her through this and is what actually brings her to faith. And she embraces that relationship despite her suffering. And then you have him who just threw it all away. Just absolutely awesome. It's just such a cool way that they have shown that these, these characters. And then also back to Riley, Another cool thing about them is that they show how religious households can often be. Um, and this is coming from a pastor, right? Someone who is a religious household himself. But when Riley comes back from prison after his tragic accident, his Catholic father, his strict, tight, you know, hard-nosed Catholic father, you can tell, is very angry with him and is still um, very hurt by what had transpired. And then when he finds out his son left the faith, he goes really angry. He's like, you're going to mass whether you like it or not. And you can almost tell that out of anger, he's like angry out of love, but he's pushing his son away. But then you get the mother who's this wonderful, loving mother who's just warm and just wants him to be, wants things back to normal so bad. And it's like, I've seen that happen in religious households where you have one parent who they have one, they have a child that's gone astray and one parent wants to pull him back into the faith. And the other one uh, is so angry, they almost push him away out of principle because they're like, nope, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, and you're everything that's wrong, so I'm going to alienate you. And it, sometimes I can cause more harm than good. Uh, and instead of approaching it in a healthy manner to deal with it properly in a direct way, but in a loving way, they oh, we have one parent that almost pendulum swings the other direction, and the other uh, parent pendulum swings the opposite, right? So you just, it's really neat because it's like, as someone who was raised in a religious household and in, a, in the church, it's one of those things where you go, wow, I have seen this happen, and it's not unrealistic. And that's what makes the show super fascinating. Um, and then there is the sheriff. Sheriff Hassan is a Muslim officer who just moves to this very Catholic island. And you get this idea that he's a very good man. He's a very um, loving father. He lost his wife. And, you know, his child it wants to be like all the other boys. He wants to be normal. And now one of the criticisms I've heard Christians say about the show is it makes Muslims look good and Christians look bad. I don't think that's a fair approach to the show because it actually shows it's a Christian community. So you are dealing with 
the different types of Christians within that community. And you see them, how they're all very different from one another, and you see the different extremes within Christianity. They don't do that with the Muslim guy. They just kind of want, this show is dealing with religious themes, and you're seeing how sometimes um, our beliefs can actually alienate one another, even unintentionally. And I think that's actually a really interesting thread to pull on and explore. But Sheriff Hassan is the one who kind of starts realizing some things are afoot. And you actually really end up liking his character. And one of the things I liked about the show is that it shows that even though I, I'm a Christian, so Christian, Christianity is true, that Muslims, uh, that a lot of other religions like Islam has some truth to it, right? There's truth in a lot of religions. In Buddhism, there's truth, you know, the idea of peace and love. Now, they take it to a different extreme than Christianity, and I think that it's wrong. But obviously, Islam has a lot of things wrong with it. I would agree with that. However, one of the cool things about it is also shows the, that they're not, that not all the morality that is taught there is bad. And it just shows that, hey, you know what? There are other belief systems. It's best you understand them, and instead of demonizing every single one of them, you uh, point out what is good about them and then also where they get the error. And I just I, I like that approach a little bit, um, especially in a show where it's like they're trying to portray something more realistic, right? Um, and so this, but then you see him devout all the way kind of, you know, to the end and you see what happens with his son and that, it, that whole story is really interesting. Um, but you also see how certain people can be so hostile to other beliefs as opposed to bringing them and witnessing to them and bringing them to church. They kind of go about things poorly, which brings me to what my... <laughs> And most of you guys are going to hate me. But, like, my favorite character in this show, if you watch it, is Bev. And not because she's a good person, but because she is so vile. And she, every person who has been raised in an extreme religious church, um, like a very fundamentalist church or a strict, very strict Catholic church or wherever, Jehovah's Witness, whatever, everyone who's been to a religious place that is dealing with, like, strictness at all knows a Bev in their life. Be there's always the one. Uh, she's the Karen of the church. She is devout, but she is strict. She is condescending and always finds a way to insult you while also acting like she's the uh, the righteous person. She is just, oh my gosh, you'll just, you watch this show and you'll be like, oh my goodness, I know a woman like that, or I know a person like that. And you'll just be like, oh, this is, I know that type. I know that type. And the way she even treats the Muslim man, just because he's Muslim, as opposed to being like, hey, let me try to get to know you and witness to you and show you the truth of Jesus Christ. It's just, let me show you, show you how bad you are and how much I don't like you and your uh, your people kind of idea. And uh, it's very much an us against them idea with her. And I liked that because it's like, oh yeah, I definitely know Christians like that. They would rather not speak to a Muslim and witness to them. They'd rather just tell them how terrible their religion is as opposed to trying to actually witness to them from the point of how Christianity compares to Islam. This is fascinating because um, uh, there is, we all know Abev. I'm telling you, when you watch this, you will know Abev. Also, she's the controlling type. She's the lady in the church who controls everything and never wants to let go. And she's even the one who makes passive-aggressive direct comments to uh, the, the pastor or, or the deacons and just the one that everyone's like, oh my goodness, this lady drives me nuts, right? So uh, at the same time, she's the one who's so involved that you can't thwart her at all in her position. So it's, uh, it's really, really fascinating. It's so good. I cannot tell you how much I love Bev's character. And uh, not because she's a good person, but because of just how just I know Bev's in my life. Um, so 
um, that brings me finally to the theme of the show, which is um, not only is it religious, but there's also like, how are cults started? You ever wonder that? Like, how are religious cults started? Well, one of the best parts about the show is it shows how people can twist scripture out of context. So there's this horrible thing that's happening, this thing that's lurking, this dark mystery that's on this island. And you see Bev and others start twisting scripture to make it mean something entirely different. And we see that today, how many people twist scripture to make it mean what they want it to mean. And you can pull anything out of context and make it sound like you want. And that is one of the most fascinating parts of this show to me and most relatable is because being raised in um, the independent fundamental Baptist world and seeing how many people would pull things out of context and make it mean something that it doesn't mean going to Bible college and seeing the same thing. It's just so like, yeah, I know this, like, even though the sh the plot gets far out there as to what this entity is, this evil that's lurking, there's something more sinister going to uh, going, um, going on, even though it has that it, and it's a little extreme also, part of me goes, but I'm not sure if people would never buy it because I've seen this happen before where people get pretty extreme. I mean, I just seen people calling like even you saw religious fanatics uh, just the other day. We we're supposed to have the rapture, right? Like two days ago or something. It was a, a, the next prediction. And that fell through. You have people who believe that, you know, the world is run by lizards. You have people who believe uh, that that President Trump was supposed to be this, the next messiah. So you get this idea of sometimes religious psychos uh, do psychopathic things because they want something to be true so bad they're willing to twist scripture, make reality fit their view. And that's not true for anyone, like not just religious people, but this, of course, is dealing with religious themes. But then it also shows like how some of the other actual devout people start realizing that this is twisted and this is not what this is supposed to be. And I loved that too, because it also showed the fact that how far had we fallen from grace and how far we started to drink this Kool-Aid, not realizing it's a very destructive end. And I like that because that is so relatable. I know so many people who have left cults going, I didn't realize how far down the rabbit hole we were going and how destructive it was gonna be until it's too late. And even Father Hill, has the same revelation, and uh, it's just, it's really fascinating. So um, again, I'm trying to be as spoiler-free as possible. Now that brings me, now notice this, I have prattled on for like 20 minutes just about the character and themes of this. And the whole point is that's supposed to be a horror show, right? And that's the thing, the horror is more like this backdrop to explore these uh, important themes. And I will not, spoil the horror in this show because it is my absolute favorite type of horror. Um, one of my biggest issues with a lot of horror movies and, and media is that they are cheaply made to be scary. It's constantly um, jump scare, jump scare, loud noises, and uh, you know, scary image and gore. And that's not what the show is. Now, it does have gore in it. There are, there are bloody moments in this show, okay? Very bloody moments. However, that's not like what makes it scary. What makes it scary is actually this weird cult-like following and this strange devotion to a very false and destructive ideology. That's the scary part. When you're watching this, those are the parts that make you uncomfortable. In fact, you're almost more happy when bloodshed happens because you're like, oh, that, this, see, at least this is honest. <laughs> this is honest killing, and I appreciate that. And that's kind of what I liked about the show was like, 
the deceptive part was the scary part. And the part that's supposed to be what we would say classify as scary was actually not as scary as the rest of it. You're actually more intrigued with what is happening. And the best part about this show is it has these moments where it doesn't have, it's not like it doesn't have moments where something jumps out at you, but it's the way it goes about it. Sometimes not even jumping at you. The very first time you go, what was that? It just literally shows a shot. I'm about ready to knock this Lego uh, Y-Wing off my desk here, so whoops. But the best part about it is like, so the first time it shows this shot and within a moment you see something that kind of blends in with the other things in the background, but it only plays a cello like wonk, but it does it delayed. So when you see it, it doesn't go, ha, gotcha. It just goes, you see it then done. Like you, and I was like, yeah, you saw something, but I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to acknowledge the fact that you definitely saw that. It's not a loud noise. It's not something shrill. It's just some deep like, ooh, did you, did you catch that? And the, my favorite shot in the show is there's just two characters talking, and in the background is something, but it doesn't acknowledge it at all. No audio cues, no like zoom up. It's pretty much just something for a moment. And any other movie, any other show would have been like, ha, gotcha, right when you see it, play something shrill and try to get you to jump as opposed to you just sitting there watching these two characters and you're like, wait, what is that? And that is so much scarier because it's more realistic. If something is lurking, if there's something afoot, you're not gonna hear a noise. It's just that sinking feeling of, oh my goodness, we're not alone. And that is so much cooler and so much scarier. And that's what I loved about this show. And of course, as it goes on, it it reveals what this is, what's going on in the background on this island. But man, is it so good. It's just so well executed all the way to the end. Um, so remember, guys, I want to remind you that this show is for mature audiences only. Uh, do not watch this as, uh, as a Christian if you are queasy or if you don't like darker themes, because this explores that. And I love darker themes. And one of my biggest pet peeves as Christian, uh, with Christians is that they don't, they like to avoid these darker themes and these creepy realities. But the problem is with that is the fact that like Christianity is not a fluffy faith. You read the Old Testament, there's some hard, dark things that take place. You read the New Testament and you get this idea of judgment and wrath coming. It's not a fluffy faith. Um, if you want to have this little neatly packaged, bubbled reality where all we do is watch pure flicks and we just believe that everything always works out to those who believe. Well, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes things don't work out until you get to the next life. So you get to eternity. Sometimes life is hard and there's life is suffering and there's evil that is in the world. That is a part of the Christian worldview that evil and sinister things exist. Now, not exactly what's in this show. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that exists, but you get my, you get my drift. So I really wish that Christians would sometimes uh, more embrace that and just be like, Hey, let's explore that. Let's not shy away from it. And because people get this idea that Christians were just like soft and fluffy and um, and I think sometimes that does us detriment. So I like mo movies and shows that explore darker themes, um, just the way I am. And uh, I think it's because it kind of, um, it, it, that truth shines brightest on the backdrop of 
darkness and error. So when you see darkness and error, you uh, that then the truth becomes so much more prevalent. So anyway, that's this show. If you're a Christian, do not miss this show, or at least if you're a Christian, that should be old enough to watch this, okay? Um, but you should. It, like I said, it has religious themes. It shows people who abandon the faith, people who don't, why they do, why they don't, and the hard-nosed, uh, the hard-nosed uh, Christian family, the soft-loving mother, the, the naive but um, excitable uh, minister. Then you have the crazy lady at the church who's like, the person who just causes all sorts of havoc. And then you have people who just believe what they want to believe. You have this cult thing going on. You have the dark horror. It's just, this show had everything that I love in a show. And it, what best part about it is that mostly the characters are what drive this show, not the plot. And plot-driven things, usually you can tell, are plot-driven because characters just compromise what they do just to get to the next point of the plot. And this show never feels like it really does. All the characters make sense to the end. So uh, anyway, if you like these sorts of things and you want me to review more, um, more media, let me know what uh, movies and shows and games you'd like us to review in the comments below. I would love to know. I'm going to continue doing these anyway, but I'd like to know what you guys want to hear from, and I will continue to do so. So anyway, do not miss Midnight Mass. Do not forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Guys, thank you so much. Take care, and God bless and watch out for anything that goes bump in the night. Because if it goes bump, remember, just run. Don't look, run.